episode 13 of The Black Traveller. Okay, and today we're talking about elections. That's it's right. election time here in the UK. Yeah. We're going to talk a bit about that, um, about elections, about voting, mm. about being a person of colour. Yeah, having uh, a voice. Having a voice, exactly. Right. Very, very important. Uh, and also we're going to be talking a little bit about our travels. Mm. Yeah, where we've been. have been to some nice places, right? Yeah. Always, anyway. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. In the last couple of weeks, we've been to some very, very nice places. So we'll be talking about that as well. Yeah, let's get into this. So it's that time again where we've called an election. Unfortunately, our focus has been on Brexit for such a long period of time in in the UK. You know, since the vote to leave happened, which was what 2016, I think it was. It was oh, three and a bit years ago. And three, we've, three and a bit years ago. We tried to make the black traveller as much as possible a Brexit-free zone. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're in the UK, there aren't many Brexit-free areas. You know. Yeah. Who wants to hear about this? Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah. Generally, elections been called. Um, two major parties, for those of you who, who aren't uh, familiar with UK politics, the mm. Labour Party, yeah, um, sort of the left wing, we'd, maybe we'd even say socialist. Maybe. Yeah, right. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. That's not a dirty word. We yeah. say socialist. Uh, <laughs> for some it is. For some it is. You've upset some people. <laughs> I right might well have done, yeah. Lost a few listeners there. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah so that's the left wing part. And then the Conservatives. Yeah. Right of centre, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. They so, used to be a little bit centrist, but yeah, they're moving right increasingly. Centre. I think we're safe and safe towards the yeah towards the right. That's, that's speed. <laughs> um, and then you know, to people like the Greens, the Brexit Party, as the well, Liberal Democrats, the Liberal Democrats, who we can't all forget over the well. place. Yeah. So I mean, voting, Frank. I'm not mm. going to ask. You know, it's a secret secret ballot, but yeah. you know, I'm not going to ask about how you vote necessarily. Okay, yeah, fine, all right. But um, <laughs> yeah, what's your view? Have you always voted? I have. Mo- the majority of years I've been eligible to vote, I have voted. I I don't know if, when I was younger, I don't know if I saw the importance of it, okay. whether I had a voice. I think it was hard to determine that, but it just felt like it was the right thing to do. Okay. And therefore, I aligned myself. I tried, I didn't look into always the detail of policies and things like that. Sure. I just kind of listened to the media. And I think when politicians were saying the right things in terms of policy kind of resonated with that particular party. So so for years, I would say I was an independent okay. of sorts. Uh-huh. However, now, just you know, being in the UK, the, the, the polls have changed in terms of you know, how these parties operate. As you said, the Conservative Party is very much to the right. And if you're a Liberal or if you're left or centre, you're probably going to be in the Labour Party. And I think if you want your vote to be effective now in the UK, you kind of need to vote for one of these parties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so I just kind of, now I think it's re- this is probably one of the most important elections that we've had uh, in the UK for the future of, of Britain. Yeah. Okay. So, because we're talking essentially about, this is going to have real ramifications in terms of whether or not the, uh, whether or not Britain leaves the European Union. Yeah how it leaves the European Union, yeah. whether or not there's another referendum to stay in and all those sorts of things as well. Mm. Um, and you, you've been you've been involved a little bit with some stuff around Operation Black Vote, mm. or, which is mm. it's OBV, and it's been around right. for a while. That's right. And yeah. it's Lord Woolley. Lord Woolley, yeah. yeah. So he was previously a sir. Okay. So he got knighted only, I think, a month ago. Okay. And then I got peerage uh, shortly after that. Right, so right, Theresa right. May, the previous Prime Minister... Uh, recommended for him to become a lord and um, Lord Simon Woolley started Operation Black Vote back in the late 80s and um, the objective of the organisation was to encourage people of colour to go out and vote to have a voice 
to remember that they have an opportunity to change the future of their community. So he's worked tirelessly in what is a, a thankless job, I would say, a thankless yeah. position, but it's made incremental change to the importance of people of colour here in the UK. Uh, and us, I guess, reminding ourselves that we do have a voice. So, um, amazing guy, phenomenal guy. Okay. And I was... Uh, you met him, didn't you? I've met him and I had the advantage of going on a, an executive kind of leadership program, okay. which was, um, it was started by Operation Black Vote and supported by Oxford University and the House of Commons. So, a kind of a phenomenal week. And it, I think it emphasised to me that we do have a voice. And it was amazing I, because I also had the chance to meet other politicians mm -hmm. and people of colour who are now working in public office or have done for some time. And that gave me some insight that we are important and we yeah. have to remember that. Okay, yeah. And I think it's just easy sometimes um, to think that, well, nothing ever changes. Mm. Um, to be sort of dismissive and cynical about politicians and politics, I think. Or even, mm. you know, some people say, well, politics, I'm not interested in politics. Politics doesn't matter to me. But right. yeah. I think as well, politics is everything, isn't it? Politics is everywhere. Politics influences your life. It influences, you know, we've looked at, you think about austerity. Mm. And it's a major yeah, point, yeah, austerity. And the, yeah. And the, the so what does that mean for us, austerity? Well, for us, it was, you know, after the, um, after the crash, yeah. well, the sort of 2008, um, financial crisis mm. the conservative government decided to essentially cut back on public spending mm. or really slash public spending yeah uh, and really you know you might argue that it was ideological as well right to actually just shrink the state the size mm. of the state and tighten the purse strings yeah and, and you know using the argument that there's a massive deficit we've got to we've got to tighten all of this right uh, and what that did is it really for local councils and services, yep. you know, it really decimated some of those. Absolutely. Um, 20,000 less police officers. Yeah, and, police officers, yeah. council workers, social care cuts, yep. youth services. Youth services. You know, so now you look at... Cut. Yeah, you look at what's happening there in terms of youth services mm. and young people and mm. things like knife crime. Yeah. You I mean, know, it's, you look it's, at the... The interaction of sort of, sort of policing mm. and youth services and how that impacts on those sorts of things. And that's just on that point on knife crime. I mean, last year, you know, we had 74 stabbings in the UK and the majority of them, uh, the majority of the victims were, were young black boys. Yeah. So, you know, when you take this kind of this high level concept of austerity, this high level process, who does it affect the most? A lot of the time, it affects the families that are from you know, low socioeconomic backgrounds. Not to conflate the two, to say, because you're black, you're going to be from a poorer background. But you know, the point here is that there are families out there who are not getting the additional support that they need. And those of colour are you know, families that we particularly resonate with. And it's just, it's unfair. It right? is. It's it unfair. Is you know, we should not be running the state in that way where... We're a huge nation. We have lots of resources. You know, we can create a balanced society where people are given the opportunity to prosper. Yeah, and I think you know when you, when you look at things like austerity, you look at the, the state that the country's in. Whatever your view is on that, mm. um, I think we've got a 
you know, some sort of responsibility. And you look at mm. countries where you can't vote mm. or what people have done in order to gain a vote mm. um, right, right. in this country and in other countries. Yeah. You know, in the US. And voter suppression. Voter, su- like, voter you know, suppression. Where, you, know, you turn up to vote and actually you're, you're being told that well, you can't vote because of this reason yeah. or just making it difficult. Like, for example, the Conservative government have just introduced the policy of, of um, ID checks. Okay, I heard about so, it. So, yeah, yeah, so before you vote, you've got to make sure you take ID with you, photo ID, and there are certain individuals who just don't have that to hand. And certain sections of society that are less likely to have it. Less as well. likely to yeah. have it. So, therefore, they're less likely to have a voice. And that is a form, not, not to say, you know, I, I think it's really important. Uh, you know, identity fraud is not something I support. But at the same time, let's, let's create a, an election which is frictionless yeah. that allows everyone to come to the table. Yeah. So. And I think it's importantly as well, there's been a massive rise, I think, in young people registering to vote. Yeah, yeah in the like 300,000, I think. Yeah, in the last uh, week or two, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. great as well. So, I yeah, I think, you know, I've not always, I've voted pretty much in every election. Okay. Um, right. There was a little bit, um, maybe about 15 years ago or something, where I... Taking us back now. Bro. Yeah, I, <laughs> take you way back. Way back. Uh, well, I sort of realised that voting... Um, is it anonymous? That uh, isn't right. secret. You know, yeah. I, I yeah, always yeah, thought yeah. that you voted and nobody knew how you voted. Right, yeah. But there is a record of that, yeah, I realised. Exactly. Uh, and some somebody somewhere does know how you voted and that yeah. voter um, data gets shared. Yeah, exactly. And then for, I think for an election or so, that sort of put me off. I thought, well, it's not secret, you know. Right, I, yeah, I want, exactly. yeah, I want my secret vote. Um, <laughs> when you go to the ballot box, you know, when you put your slipper and you think... Yeah, you think it's secret. Nobody, yeah, there, but, absolutely. Nobody knows, but... Right. So that put me off a, li- a little bit for some reason. I'm yeah. not sure why. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's a right, it's a privilege. We're mm. uh, very privileged to be able to to have a vote, to be able to use it. And we might argue about how much actually changes, potentially as a result of it. Yeah. And, we might, but and there's the element of trust as well, isn't it? Because I think most of it, you, you know, you mentioned the point of, uh, you know, do, some people just don't get involved in politics because yeah. they feel like it's not for me. Yeah, you know, it's too complicated, and people, politicians, lie. And um, it, look, I, I think there are so many politicians that lack integrity, and and that is unfortunate. You know, that is synonymous of our global society that we live in today. Yeah. However, I do believe, or maybe I'm a little bit hopeful, <laughs> that there are you know individuals who um, are willing to be honest and selfless and, and build policies that can change communities, our local communities. And I think it's really important to recognise that when you decide to vote and have a, have a voice. Because, you know, what one of the things that we are for is being able to travel freely and safely. We talk about it all the time. And part of that, that idea of freedom and, and safety is what is happening in our local communities. Absolutely. And that's where your vote is really, really important to change the fortunes of what's happening around you. It's not going to be immediate. But understand that when you create uh, a movement, things can change over time. Right? Yeah, and local po- local politics and national politics are, are intertwined but different. Yeah, you know your, right. your yeah. local MP might be absolutely fantastic, doing mm. a good job representing you, trying to bring about uh, real change in mm. your local area. Mm. So maybe you want to support them rather than necessarily looking at a single issue like Brexit right, or exactly. looking at a single individual, a single individual yeah. like the leader of the party, you know, yeah. just thinking about, well, what's my local 
uh, member of parliament, for instance, perhaps done or not done, right? <laughs> as exactly. the case may be, and scrutinise and, yeah. and look, you know, look at policies and find out what people would introduce because I think that's that's the way you can hold uh, your local MP accountable, yeah, right, and 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 ask the right questions. So. We're getting very political. We're getting we? very political. Yeah, I, remember, so. I just want to touch on Brexit. Actually. Yeah, so I remember no, just let's, a, let's do it. I remember a few people just after the um, just after the vote mm. um, who were Europeans mm. and actually were were pretty fair skinned Europeans. So, mm. so you know maybe from Spain or from Portugal, and mm-hmm. I knew I knew quite a few people who had had a terrible experience after Brexit right. of say being harangued or harassed in the street by mm. people telling them to go back to their own country disgraceful and, yeah and this sort of thing you know I'm really taken aback by that yeah. you know and I think that um, I think Brexit's really polarised people in that way and it's right. it's given people a feeling some people are feeling that they can voice some of those mm. uh, sort of racist and xenophobic views that they wouldn't have done otherwise yeah you know? so, yeah I think it definitely gave people a light especially after the vote you know there was a there was a substantial rise in hate crime I don't know the, the specific statistic but it was particularly high and that was uh, targeted at a lot of in, in people that had maybe immigrated to the UK but who had also integrated yeah. this is their home we have no right to to say you know to use such language and to say such things. Yeah. Not to mention that it's just abominable, it is, right? It is. And you know what what do you regard to be uh, someone who is British these days? Well, that you know there there is a, a spectrum of, of descriptions of, of you know what is considered to be British. You know, I wasn't born here, but I'm British. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's recognizing that you know we're focusing on the wrong issues here. Brexit is just one of the things on the table. We also need to be thinking about you know policing and healthcare and you know education, our communities in general. There's so many different things, and I guess my my point on this is you know don't you know don't be a magpie that just gets attracted to yeah. uh, the wrong issue yeah. you know because there's so many other things to, to to bear in mind when you are voting and think about how it impacts on you as a person in your community yeah absolutely and get out you know get out there have a think about it look at the issues if you can yeah and put your ex in whatever box you think right right <laughs> run for office if you're feeling ambitious yeah, yeah, why not why absolutely yeah, run yeah. for public office so yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So political manifesto over. Yeah. Yeah. Manifesto over. <laughs> Nigel, I'd vote for you. Yeah. Thank you. I'd that's vote very, for that's you, good, sir. That's good to Absolutely. know. Absolutely. That's good to know. Yeah. I have trusted yeah, you. Yeah. You haven't even seen my policies. I haven't yet, seen your you... policies, but I don't know. I've got a feeling that you'll do some great <laughs> things in public office. So if you fancy going for it, yeah. I mean, you know, there'll be no expense fraud with me. I'd, Frank. I'm not I, one oh, of those good. politicians. You know. I'd, I'd lobby for you. I'd lobby for you. Yeah. Absolutely. So. But on that note, on Mr. Nigel Lloyd, you've been okay. travelling. I have been travelling, yeah, There's yeah. There's a tenuous link into yeah. that. So, uh, <laughs> I thought you were seamless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not so seamless. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we mentioned it um, in our last mm, episode. That's right, yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been to the Azores. Mm, yeah, so the secret location secret, no one should know secret, about. Secret location, you mid-Atlantic. Yeah. yeah. A uh, few hundred miles off the coast of Portugal on okay. your way to the US. Yeah. It's um, a Portuguese island. Yeah, it's a group of islands. It's a group yeah, of it's islands, a group. I think it's yeah. about eight of them, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About eight, maybe seven, eight, nine islands. Uh, and went to the largest one. Mm. It's called São Miguel. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, and usually from there, you can get um, either flights or ferries to the other islands, right. um, depending on the time of year. 
And yeah, absolutely wonderful, beautiful place. Apparently, wow. originally this island was two islands. Okay. And then I don't know how many millions of years ago there was a volcanic eruption. Yeah. In between the two islands, which then joined all of them into, into one island. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Wow. So the and that's meant that the the two extremes, the two sides of the island, the east and west side, are very very different. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So the east side's very green, very lush. Yeah. Um, beautiful lakes, very mountainous. Yeah. I've never seen so many sort of trees and. Oh my goodness. You know, no, you feel like amazing. you're maybe in. Uh, Perhaps in Central America. Right, yeah. yeah I mean, it, felt, say, it feels yeah. very, very... Yeah, sort, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Wow. Uh, whereas you, and the rest of the coast is, or the other side, the west side's more sort of, of a fishing village sort of feel. Right, okay. Yeah, it's kind of a sort of an island. Uh, obviously, so it's about 50 kilometres across or so. Yeah, yeah. And about 30 kilometres north to south. Right. So it's a relatively small island. And you can nice. drive it quite quite easily. Okay. Hire yeah. a car, drive you hire around a car it. And, yeah. Um, you hire a car from like, a, is it a brand or is it like mum and mum and pop? Well, you know what? You hire the pickup truck. <laughs> so that kind of place. Had a bit of an issue with the car hire. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is, I've still got to chase this up actually. Oh yeah. Dear. So hired through Avis. Yeah. yeah okay. Car hire. Oh my goodness. I've had a bad experience. Have you? Okay. Have, we might yeah. get into that. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've had some good experiences with Avis. The last right. three or four places I've hired in Spain. Uh, hide in South America as well. It's all been great. Yeah. So, thought going to these Azores, I'll hire through Avis mm. um, because there were some other very small hire companies. Okay. And I, I thought, look, I'll, I'll go with the big company here, so you know I don't get ripped off or anything. So in the in the airport, yeah. Go to the desk, and of mm. course Avis is there, mm. but it's actually being serviced by a small local company. One of those, right? One of those. So called brand e- partnership. Exactly, called <laughs> Ila Verdi. Okay. Yeah. Classic. Uh, and I, the reason I didn't go with them anyway, because I've read some uh, just terrible reviews oh, about their service. Yeah. Right. Okay, don't want to get sued here. No. But I'm right, just saying, okay. this stuff's yeah. online. That's yeah. your impartial opinion. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, got there, and I'd paid this, I'd agreed this price with Avis, whatever it was, £200 or whatever okay. it was. Yeah. Um, got to the desk, uh, Ila Verde, and the guy says, okay, this is how much you need to pay me in euros. Wow. And yeah. I did the um, calculation. Yeah. And I thought, well, that that doesn't compute in I terms see. of what the actual exchange rate is. Yeah. Which he obviously knew. And then he just said, oh, no, you know, there's another like 60 euros on top of this. I see. I said, well, what's that for? Yeah. He says, well, I've got a different price here. Right. Well, okay. You know, my view was, well, that might be your price. Yeah, that's not your price. <laughs> but that's yeah. not the price I've agreed with uh, Avis. So then I had to of get course. on the phone to Avis, called Avis. Um, the guy, you know, in the UK on Avis said, okay, this is the yeah, no, you've got the right price. Yeah. They still wanted me to pay the extra sixty euros. I refused to pay that. Right. I was at the desk for about forty-five minutes. Wow. The car up. Waste your time. Yeah. Eventually got it at that price. Okay. Went off, had a great time. Came back a week later. Yeah. Um, gave the car back and then the person behind the desk says I'm going to have to charge you another 60 euros you're joking and then I said look I've had this discussion we've been through all of this yes of course and then she's saying you have to pay it I'm thinking well there's no way you can get it out of me of course because <laughs> yeah. I'm not paying them. no yeah. uh, and eventually it got set they just said well you know well you 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 don't want to pay it, so don't pay it. And I said, well, it's not about me wanting to pay it. Of course, because they have your to. card details. Well, they well, didn't right? at this point. Oh, they did. And okay, I'd stopped good. the card by that point. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I didn't trust these people. Yeah. So I'd actually yeah. stopped the card. Great. Just because I thought they're just 
It's not worth it. Yeah, I don't they, believe that. Yeah. So eventually, I got it was all fine in the end, but yeah, a lot of the um, experiences I'd read about were where they or have your card details, mm. maybe take a deposit off your card, right, of twelve hundred euros or so okay. for damage. Oh dear! And then not refund that for a few weeks or months. Wow! As well, so people it's... having problems getting it. So there are all these issues with that company. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, it's a sort of long story there. Yeah. But just, I think, for me, one of the key bits of learning is to really stand up for yourself. Yeah. You know, pick, right, right, yeah. Definitely. I give myself a lot of time when I went back to return the car. I had two mm. or three hours, so I was quite happy to stand there for two hours, mm. saying I'm not paying this. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, I think, are in a real rush. Yeah. To get their flight. Mm. And feel under pressure to pay that additional amount of money. And you, and if you're not checking, you're not. Oh, you're not checking. Yeah. At the beginning, I checked. Right. I said, "Well, this." Had you not checked, you may have just said, "Oh, okay, fine. That's, I'll pay that." And I'll just it was pay an that. Yeah. So. Walk away. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Mm, you think you're booking difficult. with a big company, you get there, yeah, and it's it's being fulfilled by somebody else. Yeah, and I, I mean, on the point of Avis, I mean, I, I, I hired a car. I think I was, I had a problem with my personal car in London, so uh-huh. I hired a car for like a week because I just needed to travel. Okay, and it was with Avis, and I returned the car. And then they said to me that, um, you know, in, in the boot, you've got the parcel shelf. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. What's that? yeah, yeah. It's it's that kind of little sliding shelf that you can put stuff oh, on okay. top yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's called a parcel shelf. Okay. So I returned the car, and they said, "Well, the car's returned, but we're gonna have to charge you because there's no parcel shelf. Right? <laughs> we're gonna have to charge you like three hundred pounds." And I said, "Well, don't you think this is ridiculous? <laughs> like, why on earth would I take a parcel <laughs> shelf <laughs> outside a boot of a car?" And so it wasn't there when you got there. Oh, it was. There. I can't even remember whether oh, okay. it was there. Like I didn't even use the boot. Okay. Because I was literally just traveling from place to place, and they'd blocked my card, so they'd taken like three hundred pounds out, of, you know, out of my account. And I'm just thinking this is absolutely ridiculous. So I had to go through multiple stages of escalation. Uh, I went through their complaints process, and they said, "Well, look, unfortunately, look, we've, you know, we've opened the car, and the parcel shelf's not there." And apparently it was there before. I'm like, this is this does not make any sense. Yeah. Think about whether this is logical or not. And eventually, I went online. I found the email address okay. of the group CEO right, right, of right. Avis and actually the company that owns Avis. Okay. I sent everyone an email to say, you know, explaining my grievance and explaining what the issue is. The next day it was sorted. Okay. Card yeah. refunded. <laughs> Fantastic. Done and dusted. Yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. you know, that Go idea to the top. Of, is that go the to the top. The idea of, you know, stand up for yourself. And if you're not happy, go to the top straight away. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, I've yeah. done the same the, the same thing when I've had an issue with a flight. I had an issue with um, changing a couple of details on uh, an Air New Zealand flight I had. I booked it through a travel agent. Travel agent kept saying, you can't do it. Air New Zealand said you can do it, but you got to do it through the travel agent. Okay. So it was like a constant back and forth. I emailed the CEO okay. of Air New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to get these emails. They want to get it sorted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days later, sorted. Oh, okay, nice, out of the nice, way. Nice. So yeah, there you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah, rant yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, my thing was I, I thought I'd, I was going with a an established large company. Get there. Yeah. And it's a tiny company. Right. Who then try some, you know, shenanigans with you? Yeah, and this um, can happen when you go to these remote places. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, but back to your trip. So you, so you, you said it. It was so you hired the car, and then yeah. what? 
what was what was your journey from that point? Yeah, went sort of went up north, went to a place called Ribeira Grande. Okay. Uh, very nice, just on the coast. Yeah. Uh, got used an Airbnb there. Right. Okay. Yeah, that How was, was that? That was lovely. No really scams. Nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> the place was there. The place was yeah, there. It, it wasn't existed. A okay, it existed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Very very nice. Um, had a really nice terrace view. This view of the mountains actually. Not Fantastic. Um, yeah, lovely. Stayed there for about four days. Did a bit of traveling around. Yeah. I went to the tea plantation. That you know, as I mentioned, it's the only tea plantation in Europe. Wow. Um, so a, yeah, had a little visit a to that. Yeah, yeah. Went around. Had some nice food. Uh, some nice local food, visited a few restaurants, mm. a bit of arts stuff. Yeah, great, great. Wow, yeah. fantastic. It's a, it's a beautiful place to go. and just Beautiful like place to go. Great, great location to, yeah. uh, to take a few days out. What's the weather like? And uh, Well, because it's in the mid-Atlantic. Yeah. Um, it get, and at that time of year as well, it was um, October. Yeah. So it gets the wind blowing through and the weather's very changeable. Yeah. So... You know, it could be torrential rain mm. for 20 minutes. Mm, okay. And then 10 minutes later, it's blue skies. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty extreme. It is, it really is. We were quite lucky mm, mm. because for quite a few of the days, it was a very nice, it was very nice, very bright, very sunny, like 22, 23, 24 degrees. Mm, mm. Um, one or two days it rained for a good bit of the day, but that mm. was okay as well because mm. it's warm. Okay. Yeah, so it's not like the British rain. Right, yeah, yeah that old British rain, yeah, which is just cold. <laughs> Hours on it. Yeah, so exactly. Cold and blustery and yeah, nasty. So there was none of that. None of yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So and I, I guess the killer question is like, what was your experience as a person of color? Oh, it was great. It was oh, great. Yeah, okay. really, really good. As we mm. mentioned last time, the head count in terms of people of color mm-hmm. was quite low. Mm. Yeah, it's quite rare to see a person of color there. Interesting. Um, but in terms of you know, we, we talk about staring mm, and exactly. Um, we don't like staring. We don't like staring yeah. at the black travel. Let's call it for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to be stared at. Why, Just want to live in peace. Yeah, why would you want Just to Just like everyone at? else. Exactly. Um, so yeah, very little sort of staring. Okay. Um, people just very welcoming, mm. very open. Um, went to a place called Furnash. Mm-hmm. Uh, F-U-R-N-A-S. Mm, you're giving away your secrets I again, am, I am. I'm happy to do this one. That was a this is a paid place. episode, guys. You've got to pay to listen to this episode. <laughs> You're getting gold, <laughs> gold, gold from Nigel's travel book. It was beautiful. Doesn't beautiful. even tell me this. It tells I'm you t- this exactly, exactly. I don't want you going there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely great. Um, mm. It's got hot springs bubbling up. Yeah, nice. It's a volcanic island. Um, stayed at this place called the Furnash um, Boutique Hotel, mm. um, which has a spa heated by the um, underground springs. Nice. Um, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful wow, place. Wow, yeah, wow. and just really nice scenery. The read that's the green and lush um, side of the island. Mm. Um, and again, there when our site's up, our website will be up soon. We'll be talking a bit about the places we recommend, and this will be one of them. Yeah. And the welcome was great there. The wow. people, the staff were great all around the island. People were really, really welcoming. Wow. Um, and the cost of like rest, eating out and um, goods and traveling around. The relatively island. cheap. Okay. You know, in terms yeah. of eating out, we're talking about, uh, you could, you get a meal for anything from, in euros, mm-hmm. eight, 10, 12 euros. Right. Okay. So yeah. not too bad. No, a good standard, you know, if you, a good standard. It, was, it was cheaper than London. Yeah. But comparable probably with the rest of the UK. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you know, not super cheap. Yeah. 
Yeah. But again, there was that sort of, there were different tiers of places to eat, mm. you know, so you could take your choice as well. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. It, it was fantastic. Went to one place actually that we ate at and yeah. I looked at the reviews beforehand. Right. And they said, this place is really, on, you know, quite a few travellers say this place is super unfriendly. I went in there, nobody served me. Okay. And then other people said the seafood is just phenomenal. Wow, you know? wow. Caught that morning for Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we thought, you know, we're going to give this a try. So I walked in and then the waitress looked at me and just sort of walked away. Just kind of looked at me, just ignored me, that sort of thing. Uh, so I was sort of standing That's there. Yeah, just not in a necessarily non-friendly way, just in a kind of, just ignored me. Nonchalance, yeah. Nonchalance, yeah. And then there was a guy behind the bar there, so they had a little bar. Uh, and I just said to him in, in my terrible Portuguese, uh, <laughs> ask for t- the seat for two people. Yeah. Uh, and he sort of looked at me and sat us down. And then the service the rest of the time was okay. Mm. But you mm. got the sense that if I hadn't said anything to him, he wouldn't have been approaching me either. Mm. So it was a very right. much a local's place. Interesting. And it, Yeah. So I think that if you went in there as a tourist yeah. and just stood there waiting to be seated, you'd be waiting for, for you'd be standing around, you'd be leaving saying, <laughs> you know what, nobody served me. Interesting. Whereas... Is there something about being bold? Yeah. You know, just go and say, no, can I have this, please? Yeah, right, And then right, they'll right. see you and you'll be... F- and it was great. Food was superb. Yeah. Um, service was very good. That, that waitress never really warmed to us, okay, to be right. honest with you. But that's okay. <laughs> as long as the food tastes the great. F- food tasted great. Service from the, everyone else was great. Fantastic. So I think it was just a bit of a... Yeah, it's a local's place. Yeah. Just try a bit of Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. A couple of words. And then, yeah, see how you get on. And, and to your point about being bold, I think that's a really uh, important kind of aspect to, to, to emphasize because sometimes as, you know, as people of color, yeah, you go into environments where uh, you, you don't see representation, just like this island that you're speaking about, you know, this group of islands, the Azores, and, you know, here you are on San Miguel and yeah. there just aren't many black people there. Yeah. So for, for some of us that uh, I feel troubled by that, um, it's sometimes difficult to be bold, right? Yeah. To, to, to just speak out and say, great, that's what I want. And, you know, you can sometimes go into your shell. And I've, you know, I, I've been in situations like that where I've I've traveled to somewhere new. I feel a little bit uncomfortable because yeah. I don't feel like, you know, I feel like I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, and therefore, uh, I don't feel comfortable enough to be bold yeah. in certain situations. And I think it's really important to remember that. Like, just be yourself. Be yourself. Be, just, yeah, be yourself. And don't, Care less. Exactly. And mm. maybe don't expect, um, you know, in a, in a restaurant in the UK, mm. somebody's going to come up to you and ask you if you want something. And if you're going to, you know, and this, for some reason here, they just didn't. Right. But yeah. it wasn't on friendliness. Okay, I don't know yeah. if it was a cultural thing just or if it was care. just, yeah, well, they're just, yeah, yeah, just <laughs> they, they were quite busy. They've got enough, enough yeah, business. Now you know? Another customer. I mean, sheesh. Yeah, exactly. I've got time for this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was probably the meal of the holiday, actually. Fantastic. Would you return again? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'll go to the mm. island again. I want to go to that place again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was great. And I'd like to see some more of the islands as well. There are other islands there. Um, but it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Really relaxed, really chilled. Reminds me a little bit, strangely, of... I remember you when I went to Ibiza for the first time and you yeah. gave me some, some 
tips around Ibiza. Yeah, hopefully good ones. Yeah, 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 fantastic. And he reminded me a little bit of of that, just in the sense that you drive around and there Mm. are little spots to stop off at Mm. as you drive around the coast. It's got a really relaxed, laid-back vibe to it. Mm. Not the same as Ibiza at all. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, not the same (laughs) as that. But but yeah, just relaxed, kind of quite a laid-back place. And spoke to some people at the end who... um, Owned a pineapple pineapple plantation, mm, attached to a hotel because they grow pineapples there. Mm. Who said, "Look, don't tell too many people about this." Oh, yeah, really? yeah, don't tell too many people about this because we don't want we don't want more tourism. Yeah, we don't want to get in really super busy, you know. Which I can understand because oh, it's a dear. nice place where it's calm. It's got a good level of tourism. Yeah, but it keeps its local feel and its local culture and its uh, yeah. And and, now, and here we are. Broadcasting and here we are broadcasting it to everybody. <laughs> to all of our yeah. listeners. And also, the other thing I liked is it wasn't a Portuguese colony. Okay. Apparently, when the Portuguese got there, from what I understand, it was uninhabited. Mm. So that was a nice feed as well. It wasn't. Like, it wasn't somewhere that had been colonised. Right. It yeah. was. It was just an island that they island decided there. to to populate, oh, which made me feel a little more comfortable about being yeah. there in some ways as well. <laughs> yeah. Colonisation. We won't get into that. We won't get into today. Not today. So, uh, not today. so there we have it. So yeah. that sounds like a great trip. It was lovely. What about you? So went you, you went to Milan. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, I went to Milan. So I just touch a bit on that and. Yeah, I I was a bit anxious because I'd never been to Italy before. Yeah. And I was a bit concerned that I'd land and I'd not only be the person that is kind of sticking out like a sore thumb, but I'd maybe experience racism. I know a few people that have been to Italy okay. over the last 10 years and had a few kind of ropey moments on their trip. So I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, I knew I'd be able to get great food. And okay. that was what I was <laughs> looking course. forward to. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm a massive foodie. Um, so that was uh, a, a kind of a particular highlight for me to, to travel to to Milan. Um, upon landing, it was it was generally okay. I I, I didn't feel like I was um, being stared out like in the airport and going through customs because yeah. I think sometimes that's that's your first kind of uh, experience, right? When you land Absolutely. in a new location, yeah. um, when once you get to a border control, yeah. are you going to have an issue? Uh, and actually, in, in saying that, I did have uh, one issue. I got stopped randomly. Did I, I don't know if I mentioned no, this on a previous yeah. episode. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so I got through security in Milan. I kind of put my bag through the conveyor belt. And before we were about to walk up and, and kind of go and sit in the lounge, um, two, I think, border officers stopped me and okay. said, great, random check. Mm-hmm. Are you carrying any cash? Okay. And um, I was like, well, no, I've got like ten pounds on me. You know, I don't really carry cash these days. And uh, they le- they looked at my credentials and we walked on, and it, it felt very uncomfortable because, you know, I, I being a person of color, yeah. being a black man, and just being stopped like that. You know, I, I'm I'm used to that happening in the past. You yeah, know, yeah. The, especially in the UK back in the day. You know, that happened quite often. But doesn't happen to you much anymore. Doesn't yeah. happen to me much anymore, and. You know, just seeing lots of people walk past, and then all of a sudden they stop me of all yeah. individuals. Like, is it because of I'm? Is it because I'm black? It's hard to say. It did feel like that. That was on the Italian side, was it? That was on the Italian yeah. side. That okay. was on the Italian side. So that was that was a particularly sour note. Yeah, sure. Uh, but the, the the holiday in general was was great. I mean, Milan is is an interesting place if you if you love design, okay. uh, if you love fashion. So there's lots of these kind of high fashion shops and. Um, some amazing kind of furniture shops as well. My wife is 
uh, into design and she's yeah. an upholsterer. So we saw, um, we, we got the chance to kind of visit some studios. So that was particularly interesting. Um, generally walking around town, it felt quite comfortable. I mean, I get kids that kind of turn around and stare at me yeah, like really? <laughs> in a bit of an uncomfortable yeah. way. Okay. Yeah, they're probably, I mean, kids are, are yeah. fascinated by anything. things that are yeah. different or yeah. anything for that matter. And then certain parts of town, I did feel uncomfortable. Okay. You know, I did feel like I was being stared okay. at. Okay, by whom? You know, because sometimes I've noticed mm. I tend to get stared at by older women. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. 60, 70 year olds or something right. for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Yeah. is that, was that you or was it men or was it or was it everybody? It was a, yeah, it was a kind of combination. Yeah, definitely okay. definitely there were there were some uh, some older the older generation yeah, okay. <laughs> were wondering like who's this person doing sure. in my local village? But um <laughs> kind of across the board. But uh, overall I would say it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. I yeah. mean I was only there for a, a weekend, so you know okay. it was it was a pretty short trip. Um, the food in Italy is fantastic. I mean, you'll go into a small Italian restaurant and the chef would be someone who's like, you know, 65, 70 okay. years old, who just loves cooking. Knows what they're doing. Knows what they're doing. They're just using, you know, great ingredients uh-huh. and simple flavours. And I just had some of the best Italian food right. I've ever had okay. uh, in Milan, which was which was particularly exciting, which was a great highlight. Okay, favorite best meal they had there? Do you remember? The favorite meal was uh, it was kind of like a linguine, okay. basically type dish, and just like a really simple sauce. You can taste the flavor. Mm-hmm. Really fresh seafood. Okay. That, I mean, that's one thing I love about Italian food. It's just it's just simple. You know, it's three or four ingredients elevated. And the flavors are fantastic. You can okay. tell I'm a foodie. <laughs> Ex Master Chef contestant. I was a Master Chef contestant. All yeah, right, yeah. it's my claim to fame. <laughs> I've got the apron and everything, which is just like <laughs> in my wardrobe, the back of my wardrobe somewhere. I should really hang it up in pride. Um, yeah, strangely enough, actually, just to mm, interject there. Yeah. I was looking at something on one of these black travel groups, black American travel groups. Yeah. Um, and on Facebook. Mm couple of days ago and they were debating what country's got the worst food interesting yeah okay. and actually ah. britain was coming up pretty strongly in yeah, that really okay. yeah which i think's a bit that's maybe a bit harsh it's i a think bit we've harsh, got some it? great restaurants but yeah it depends if you what you're thinking about in terms of british i'm not sure who these people were what they'd eaten whether they'd been to britain you know yeah um that's, but it, that's a random one isn't yeah, it? yeah it's interesting but um don't know where we rank on the on the global stage i nah, mean i can't really think of anywhere i've been with this terrible food yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah. Like, I think sometimes britain gets the hard end of the stick because you know some if you talk about italian food yeah, or french cooking yeah or french cooking yeah. it's just like that cold steeped in culture and yeah. uh, and and britain also has that culture in a different kind of way and you know so uh, it's hard to say isn't it yeah it really, it's really is. hard to say yeah. so and i'm not sure where, where milan would rank but i, I think if you're gonna if, if you want authentic italian food maybe milan is not like the best place okay. for it because it's it's more of a commercial spot, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the thing that got to me the most is in terms of headcount, uh, like you mentioned before, there weren't that many black people there. But uh-huh. the black people I did see were on the side selling umbrellas, okay, selling toys, or you know there was so a lot of vendors, really. Yeah, a lot of vendors, yeah. and you know I wasn't I wasn't getting the feeling that it was kind of they were well integrated into society, which okay. is which is a sorry sight. So you didn't you see know. very many black people who look like they so they but they look like migrant people potentially or you weren't sure it was it's yeah difficult to tell, it was it was difficult to tell it was hard to it was hard to say but they just kind of weren't 
you know, you're, I'd, I'd leave a, a train station and okay. be, the only black, literally the only black person I would see is someone who's standing at the foot of the staircase okay. with four or five umbrellas that they're trying to sell. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you know, there was not one other black person in many situations uh, across my whole trip of, of Milan. So, so that was a bit of an eye opener. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely not something that I'm used to. So I, I wouldn't say I'd return there anytime soon. Uh-huh. To, I would return to Italy, yeah. but just not necessarily to Milan. I think I'd, I'd probably go to Rome or, or somewhere, somewhere else in kind of northern Italy. Uh, to experience that, so okay. yeah, interesting trip. Interesting one. Yeah, because yeah, we were talking about um, places that we wouldn't go to. Yeah, that's yeah, right. We, yeah, we, we were sort right. of touching on that. We had yeah, just like we have to pull that apart in a podcast. Yeah, we will. And um, Italy was one of my mm, your no go zones. Yeah, right? one of my potentially. I feel more comfortable with going there now. But like mm. you had heard some things about racism in. Mm. Um, in Italy, yeah, uh, I was convinced I'd turn up and there'll be like, to, you know, at some, point, you yeah, yeah. at some point, you know, the right wing fascists will be like storming the streets, yeah, and okay. yeah, it's worrying as a person of color. It really what is. You think it? about sometimes, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. but there wasn't any of that. Luckily. Okay, it was, yeah, it was quite, you know, it's quite chilled out. I'd say, yeah, and I've sort of changed so. my perception of Italy. I'm, I'm thinking mm. about making a trip to Italy next year, and um, yeah, the other, you were gonna, we're gonna have a podcast on places that what our perceptions are of them as well that's right yeah places yeah. maybe we're a little wary of going to yeah uh, and why yeah i'm just trying to challenge whether or not that's based on purely on perception or whether there's any real fact mm. underpinning yeah, any of it as well which is a major point so yeah. well thanks for listening everyone great to have you here again and please return the next episode we'll be talking about more of our travel adventures yeah uh, how can people get in touch with us nigel we say uh, this all we the say time this, uh, yeah contact yeah. at the black traveler Com. Two yeah. L's. That's got two L's, hasn't it, friends? Two L's two L. all the time. <laughs> two L's. Okay, get in touch with us. Any questions? Anything you want us to talk about? Also, uh, we're going to have some guests on here soon. Uh, we'll be doing some guest interviews. And if you, uh, yeah, it'll be good. Mm. If you think that you want to be a guest interviewee, get in touch with us. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we, can, we can have a chat about what you might want to talk about. Okay. Sounds exciting. Well, same, safe travels, everyone. Safe travels.